Hi, everyone. Today, me and Tete are going to be doing another flip through. This time, it's of our friend Hella Vorn's book, Lucky Wolf, which is her first ever hard copy published book. And this book has really made an impact on both of us, especially Tete, because she is totally in love with the character of Ingvar, isn't she? That I am. I think I, I would like to, if this sounds too bold, this the leader of the... Uh, I, I do love his character. I, I certainly do. He's um, one of the most compelling male characters I've come across. And not to sound biased, like a mother liking another child because of similar qualities to her own child. But I also might have a slight bias because Ingvar has a lot of qualities that a character of mine, uh, Kai, also shares. He does, definitely. I think... Let's first talk about um, one of the scenes that really struck you in The Lucky Wolf, which was the midsummer scene, correct? Yes, the midsummer scene, most powerful scene I have read in all of literature. Powerful. I mean, richly powerful. And it was so shattering. It was so, like, I oh no I'm like uh, like no this can't be happening no 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 um it, it, you know like I said this man you know Ingvar has has opened up his his vulnerability perhaps for the first time in a, maybe all his life albeit you know if we exclude child you know some childhood you know moments of of vulnerability and it's just shows so shattering when the vulnerability and failing to meet an impossible expectation of another person is it's just shattered and and he is completely broken and shattered i'm like no 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 they got to protect him <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly sorry yeah sorry, sorry some, like a little mother hen I look like a mother hen too with what I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> you also described in a conversation we had um, Ingvar as, you know, a flowering blossom, right? Yes. Yes, he is. He is like that. He's like that blossom, like that crocus peeping out of the snow. Um, and you just see it, the little, the little petal of color already wrapped in there just waiting to burst out and, and that's what he feels like because he he wants to open up he wants to express he wants to be vulnerable he wants to be loved in that moment he wants to be cared for and understood that he does care for that person that is caring for him um and unfortunately that's 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 torn apart that that's shredded that's shattered and um but I, I do think he is a man that wants to open up about his, his vulnerabilities, but not only his vulnerabilities, but the fact that he is a man, I think, uh, capable of, of, of generosity and kindness. I mean, albeit he does it with a few select people, but then again, that's just wisdom. You know, I think a lot of people who want to just throw kindness in every direction it's foolishness because people will take advantage of that and possibly hurt you. But Ingvar is very wise with whom he will share that with. Um, 
unfortunately some people he shared it with wasn't really reciprocated that well but there are some people with whom he did share indeed and it was indeed reciprocated very well and of which i was very happy to see and i i hope to see further developments of that right absolutely i think what really struck you in the midsummer scene was that Aolf, um i think Aolf is a little bit insensitive to him here. Even though Ingvar is someone who appears to be aloof, he's actually quite sensitive, especially since he rarely opens up to people and he's not good at relationships or anything related to sexuality. He's not, he's not. This, I mean, yes, Ingvar is a great leader of politics and powerful things and war planning. And I would not want to meet this man on a battlefield. I would be scared to death. But how do I say, um, when it comes to love, relationships, things of a more intimate nature, he falters. He's not well-versed in it. He knows of it, but he's never able to practice it because these things demand a surrendering and it demands a showing of vulnerability. It demands to open up and recognize the sense of self, not just the self clad in armor, if you will. But, but the bare self, the, the tender, um, open self, the, the, the stripped self, the bare self. And Ingvar is not very good at this. I think he needs a gentle guide and teacher who will be patient with him and, and let him open up despite his falterings, despite his shortcomings, despite the fact that, you know, he loses, he, how do I say, he, he loses his, his steam power, if you will, before we even get started. Um, he needs that and um, I, I just wish he had more general teachers to help him <laughs> <laughs> right exactly in a way he's a lot like Joel isn't he somewhat you know what he is my goodness we have a trio of, of, of men who struggle with this sort of thing they, they should form a club Mm-hmm. The he's more like with Kai, right? Club, um, or open. He's more like Kai in that respect. Um, like I said, this is why he and Kai are such good friends on The Sims. <laughs> um, but yeah, they do struggle a lot, I think, with, with intimacy and opening up, uh, especially opening up and letting people know they're vulnerable. Um, you know, Ingvar, of course, is more of a a dark age model, you know, sort of a tough stainless steel kind of leader unflinching you know hard as flint you know sharp as it too uh i think kai is more more hearkening to a a little bit more modern where you know kai is very hardened and he is very sharp but um he doesn't have to be a a leader in that sense the kai is more he's more he's more of a he's more of a aloof cold spiteful kind of fellow um he is in a leadership position but requiring so much as as ingvar is because kai is um you know as a sea captain of the ship but then after he loses that of responsibilities as a death figure but also like a, a leader of a village of lost souls in limbo that he has to keep an eye on Mm-hmm, absolutely. In yeah. terms of similarities, do why do you feel that Ingvar is closer to Kai than either of them is to Joel? 
Is it because of the responsibilities they have in society? I think it's the responsibilities that they have in society has decided to lead his people. Um, he wants to oppose the opposition of a growing political threat, which he feels is a political threat to the people's sovereignty. Um, but at the same time, he wants to establish trade and advances that other societies can offer. So it's, it's basically like being on a, uh, what do you want to call it? A rope. It is a tight walk, a tight rope walk. And there's so much at stake. So he has to be a very level-headed ruler because he has to keep that thing of order and intimidation against the would-be enemies. Um, so he has a very huge responsibility to dirty um, education take place. But at the same time, he fears the growing threat of a new religion and what that could entail um, as to undermine political and social sovereignty among his people. So he has such huge things at stake. He has so much huge responsibility for his people. Um, then you have Kai. Kai from his early childhood has always been given responsibility, charged with responsibility, whether that was his parents dying when he was young, charging with him to look after his little sister and brother, um, or as he got older and lost his family, um, you know, becoming the captain of his own ship and having to be responsible for his crew and, and the safety of the ship itself, which is your only home and form of existence on the sea. Um, but, you know, also for like this, this small contained world of a ship and it's being responsive type of captain. He's not just some sort of uh, tyrant barking orders. He is, he is very working side by side with his men. And a I think this is why he has a very loyal crew because of that. But, but there is that burden of responsibility knowing that you're, you're the life and death of your crew. If you make a wrong decision, make a wrong turn, or you miscalculate, it's it's life and death out on the sea. And, and then later, as we, because there's there's nothing left, and then that the very welfare of people's souls when they die are up to his responsibility, and he has to make sure that they should at least be able to cross over and understand that they need to form their own afterlife. And on top of that, you know, there's so much at stake of responsibility um, with that. But then also two things that don't always go right. He has to try to fix that in order to keep everything balanced. And on top of that, he has to deal with dark spirits, restless spirits that have not been formed or placed anywhere. Um, just because of incorrect funeral rites, uh, the fact that there was death of one religion and a new religion set up. So that, you know, just a change in transition. And then the new religion has abandoned everybody. Um, <clears throat> and then on top of that, to make everything all compounded, 
Pi also has to deal with um, caring for a village of lost souls who are in limbo until they can cross to the other side. Um, he's responsible for that. And he just took it upon himself to do it because a lot of people were scared to do it. But once he took responsibility, others started to take responsibility to help him out. So now there's a bit of a small, small government of the village a little bit. But he has all these responsibilities. So both Kai and Ingvar are men that are just steeped and, and chalked full of responsibility, duty, and sense of, of having to lead communities and groups. That makes sense. I agree, yes. While Joel is more mundane, as we talked about before on the podcast. Joel is more mundane, you know, which isn't to say that what he does doesn't have an impact. It certainly does. Um, as we see with his relationships with different people, which all has a resonant effect. But, you know, Joel doesn't have quite have that, you know, what what uh, Ingvar and Kai have. So it's, it's, it's just a different context. It doesn't take away any validity or importance. It's just this is why Joel reacts differently to things than why Ingvar and Kai react differently to things. Exactly, yeah. And I would say that I maybe Ingvar has more complexes about opening up to people than Kai does, because I think Ingvar, his temper is also more distant and more indifferent. I think he is more focused on goals. While uh, Kai, I think one of the reasons he becomes aloof is because of his failed first marriage or relationship. Yeah, his failed first relationship, it it didn't work out. Um, I think Kai... Kai's always been met with a lot of bitter things. Um, losing his parents was very hard. Um, the kind of hardships that he and his siblings went through, um, especially being, you know, kind of like just being sent to work on a farm, which was, was really awful conditions and a lot of, you know, physical and verbal abuse and de- deprivation it made Kai very bitter and spiteful about society and people. Um, And it made him very hard. And then I think what really pushed him into even becoming more harder or harder, I should say, grammatical error, sorry, um, was his failed relationship with Fanola. Um, At first he didn't believe in romance, but then, you know, tries this out with Fanola. Uh, It fails, it fails bitterly because she didn't want anything serious. It just happened. And, and Kai bought too much into it. You know, he didn't realize that's not what it was. And he, he invested too much into it. And um, that just, they just sort of cemented into him like, wow, I guess it was right after all. It doesn't exist. It's just a crock of rubbish, you know, and, and that just makes him even more bitter. And, and then of course, I think just years on the sea will make you a bit bitter. Um, the only thing I think that kind of helps him to save fractions of his heart if you will is is becoming close with his crew because you do to a degree have to become close with your crew because you're you're either going to have an iron rotted hand when you have a crew or you're going to be very close with your crew these two types of governances ensure that there's not any kind of mutiny or any kind of dis order so that way you have survival set in place but the thing is the problem with the iron-handed approach is that there's always going to be a crack 
that will open up for mutiny. But if you do the latter, you won't have to worry about mutiny or disorder. So those are things that kind of save Kai from becoming completely heartless and spiteful. Well, he is spiteful, but completely heartless. And then, of course, finding out he has a child, that certainly has saved him in a way, if you will. And, and then learning to, I think, let go of a lot of wanting to be selfish and solitary and learn to take responsibilities again and, and open up to people, even if you don't think you'll like them or disagree with them. You just gain that, that open-ended sense to do so. And, and then, of course, the ultimate thing is, you know, his, his budding, uh, you know, friendship and relationship with Gerda, um, as well as with her sons and with another character that, uh, spoiler, Corey. So uh, th those are, th that's what I think makes Kai different from Ingvar. Um, Kai will let people into his life, but it's very select few people, very select few people. And um, I think that's what makes him a little bit different from Ingvar. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. In the future, we're going to be doing a three-way crossover, maybe for Christmas, where, you know, Ingvar and Kai and a third character of mine, I'm not sure who it would be. Should it be Sam or Joel? They're all going to meet and they're going to be meeting. We haven't decided where yet, but, you know, it's going to be similar to the crossover podcast we had last year. But, you know, this time it's a it's a three way between you, me and Halliborn. I think we should do that. And you know what? Maybe Joel, because like we said, we have a trio of Saturnine men. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure because, you know, um, maybe I thought that, you know, you might have wanted to have Sam because Sam, you know, I think he gets along better with Kai. Because ironically, even though Kai has more similarities with Joel, as we've explored in some private role plays, <laughs> Kai doesn't like a lot of stuff about Joel. No, he doesn't. I... I'm not sure why. I mean, honestly, he's getting along so well with Ingvar. Like he and Ingvar could just look at each other from across the room and nod like this, and they would understand one another. But <laughs> with Joel, it's like they always get into an argument, even in death, like people will see in our upcoming role play special. Right. I think it's because Joel is not in the same category as Ingvar and Kai, who are men in a more survivalist era. That's true. That's true. So it's like, they wonder why Joel is like that. Because they're like, well, we got to survive, Joel. You don't have to. Don't be like that. Don't be that one guy. And Joel's just very iron-fisted about it. And uh, they don't understand this. Um, Kai and Ingvar. I don't know. We have, we have yet to see Ingvar uh, interact with Joel, but... Kai, on the other hand, um, just 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 fine. And also, too, I guess it's because Kai, I think, works with people who are kind of the opposite of himself. That's true. But I guess um, it, it's only in a situation where Kai can see Joel's, um, you know, self denial. In many other situations, you know, he may never see it. For example, if the crossover took place on a ship, and you know, Kai and Ingvar and Joel were all on it, right? And Kai was the captain. I don't think you're going to hear anything about self-denial in that situation because why would Joel talk about that? If they were all united in a quest for survival, why would he suddenly talk about his self-denial? He wouldn't. 
So then Kai wouldn't dislike him, right? Probably not, but maybe Joel's argumentative with Kai and Kai doesn't like that. I think it really depends. I think they only become argumentative when you talk about personal things. I mean, if they're both talking about survival or what to do on the ship, right? Like, you know, basic tasks, task a lot, a location. I don't think they're going to start arguing. That's true. Then I guess we'll have to do another situation where Kai, Ingmar, and Joel are all talking about these very personal issues for some reason. That's true. I think that's only when Kai hates him, right? Because if he talks about anything else but the uh, personal stuff, I don't think he would hate him, right? I don't think he would. I don't think he would. I mean, he wouldn't necessarily truly like like him. He wouldn't see, it's like he wouldn't have any reason to hate him, but he wouldn't have any reason to love him either. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Right. So but, yeah, you know, this was an excellent podcast and I can't wait for us to have the three-way, you know, closer to Christmas and also, you know, just to see more stuff from Helleborn, especially, you know, Sons of Disobedience, which we talked about a little bit earlier in this podcast when you said that Ingvar has another chance at being intimate with someone. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's not that kind of intimacy, not like what Aof represents, which is, you know, physical intimacy. Right. Aiden, he does not provide that because he is of a different orientation than Ingvar, True. but you know, there are, there's another kind of intimacy that happens between them. Friendship, the power of friendship, mon ami, mes amis. Yes, and it's not like the kind of friendship that Ingvar has with someone like Hakon, for example, which is mostly out of the fact that, you know, they've known each other for a long time. You know, with Ingvar and Aiden, they do have a lot in common, despite the fact that they are from very different societies. Yes, exactly, exactly. There is that wonderful commonality between these two men. It's so rich, it's very compelling, and, and the beauty of it is that it's so unlikely. Who would have thought, you know, this this shocked, unexposed, hardened, experienced uh, leader uh, from the hard scrabble shores of uh, Scandinavia? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tete. You're very welcome. Thank you for this podcast. And special thanks to Hellevorn for her beautiful work. And thank you for showcasing her beautiful work yet again. Yes, very welcome. Thank you so much again. Bye. Thank you. Bye.